Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with the line, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it like that? Here we go. Oh, I would like to say good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host. We hear each and every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. This is the last day, the last show of 2022. The last one, the last one, the last one. We thank God for all that has gone on and bettered our lives in 2022. A lot of things to talk about. Looking over 2022 or looking over your life. Have you ever thought about your life up until this point? What has been the most exciting year in your life? What has been the best year of your life. If you were to duplicate your life and could live it out in just that year, what year would that be? What year would that be? So much has gone on. This world has changed so much for me. From the time I was a child until now, yo, yes, this world has changed. Standards have changed. Mores have changed. Uh, but God sees the God that changes not. He's immutable. He don't change. We do. And if he doesn't change, why? Because he doesn't have to. He's God. Whatever is happening, he already knew it was going to come. And he has the power to control everything. But we don't. We have to live with life's changes. This morning, I'd love to discuss with you what changes, what year, has been the most exciting, the most gracious, the most admirable year of your life. Can you look back over your life and pick it out and tell the world why this year was such a great year for you? Now, everyone out there should have had that year. Yes, everybody out there should have had that year so far. And it may be the greatest, may still be in the future for you, but up until now, you guarantee that what has been the greatest year of your life? I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I'm wondering. 972-647-1893. 972-647-1893. That's the number to call. 
That's the number to let us know. You've made resolutions. I know you have because many of you have called me on that last show of the year and given me what they planned for that year. But what is the greatest year? And what do you plan to do with the rest of your life? One asset. After that, what do you plan to do with the rest of your life? Are we here, coming here just to eat up something, drink, sleep, and get out of here? Or what do what plans do we have? What plans? Is God in those plans? He's left out. What are we doing? What, what are we going to do with the rest of our lives? I wonder. Wonder about myself. Wonder about others, your loved ones. Do you have any future hopes? Future dreams? Do you see something good coming down the pike? Are you praying for God to protect it and keep it and let it come the way it should? Yes. 972-647-1893. How many more hours we have left in this year? How many more hours? Hmm? About 17? 17 hours. Now, these years were put in place for dating. To date, make sure we can point out a time. And times are very important with God. He dates in the Bible, not like us, but he dates in the Bible. Such as in the year King Isaiah died. He was just dating. This is when he saw the Lord, Isaiah. But he was only dating. That had nothing to do with his relationship with God. But he was dating. Dates are very happy. Are, are, are very well they're very important better put it like that 972-647-1893 alrighty Pierre who do we have hi uh, good morning everyone and we have uh, Black Hawk on the line one now. Black Hope yes alrighty good morning Black Hope hello Sir, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand it. Could you repeat what you said, sir? Hello. Well, maybe you started partying. You knew you was a little, I guess. 
Yes, he started it. He don't want to talk. He don't want to cut him off. He doesn't want to talk. All right. But prime examples of something so precious that God give us. Life. Liberty. Opportunities. What do we do with it? Do we mess it off? Do we just throw it away? Turn it into nothing? Or is it certain things that happen in our lives just change our lives all over? Or do we try to use our life for what it is? The ultimate gift from God is life whether it's temporary or eternal, is life. We're talking about temporary life now, which is very important. What are we going to do? What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? 972-647-1893. Because I've noticed the people that have seemingly the best lives are people who live outside themselves. Really, outside themselves. That their life accentuates on others, helping others. I wonder about that. What do you think? 972 1893. Just 17 hours, little less than 17 hours left in this dating 2022, then 2023. Wonder about this. Dating is very important with life. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. In the fullness of time, time is very, like I said, it's very important with God. Remember, Jesus just didn't appear at any time. There was a time that he appeared and appeared at the right time that God had the world ready to receive him, that his name will be glorified and magnified. In the fullness of time, he came because at the time of his birth, which had been predicted in the Old Testament by different prophets, he, it was a time that that part of the world, the Mediterranean world, they had, the Roman government had cleared the seas of so many pirates. So that meant the gospel could travel. The Roman roads, they had developed roads to travel to different places. They carved out those roads and they 
got rid of a lot of thieves and robbers on the road. So missionaries could travel. They had a language there. See, Jesus, when he came to earth, he spoke Aramaic. And that was a universal language that the gospel could spread, that all men could understand what was going on. The Romans, an evil, wicked government, has settled that part of the world. So the gospel could spread. That was 121 years. It is called the Pax Romana, meaning Roman beasts. And there were certain things that was said and done. And when these things are done, they're done for a reason. We as a people, no, we have not been treated fairly. Now we are still in us, but still, we have, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> been put in our, in our situation. Whereas we could spread the gospel. We, it is not perfect as we want it to be. But he's made us so unique. Created us to be unique. The things we do are so impressionable that others don't forget, let alone our own people. But what are we doing? Are we trying to learn more of the truth of the Bible? Everything we need is right there in the Bible. But why is it we can't totally free ourselves? Why is it we don't seem to improve ourselves very much? Is it because we depend on others and not on God? What are we looking for? Who are we looking for? What are the days given to us that we might be able to help this whole world? Not only ourselves, but the whole world. What are we doing? What are we doing? with that which God has given us. On earth, it's, it's temporary life. Glory, it's eternal life. So what are we doing? Are we dignifying our God or are we an embarrassment to our God? We may be even looking good on earth. But to our Heavenly Father, to our Savior, Jesus Christ, are we looking good or are we an embarrassment? What are we doing? Are we doing enough? Are we going to set our minds to do a lot better? In 
2023. 972-647-1893. Oh, All y'all did this morning, but I know why. This is a time of reflection. And don't forget it. Don't forget it. We are to set standards. We should set standards. And will the standard you set be higher than it was in 2022? What did we do as individuals in 2022? What are we going to do in 2023? What are we going to do? Well, are we going to follow the dictates of this world? Are we going to follow the dictates of God? Which way are we going? I guarantee you, this world can make you feel good for a second or two. But the dictates of the world, every time we've looked at it, always end up in tragedy. But the dictates of God always end up very, very good. Are we? Who are we? We're God's chosen people. But still, we follow the dictates of the world. Why do we do that? Why are we doing this? Why, what is it about us? What is it about us that love this world? In many instances, more than we do God. What about us? Who are we going to follow? The world or God? In 2023, who are we going to follow? The dictates of this world. See, <coughs> everything about this world is anti-God. Whatever the world is dictating we should do and how we should live, I don't care what they're liberal or conservative, everything. They always dictate and go against the Word of God. Got more to talk about this. We're up against a short break, and we'll be right back, and you can reach me at 972-647-1893. Yeah, what's up? It's- I'm going to kick you with mine, y'all know? All right, we're back, we're back. And uh, we're still discussing what's coming up in 2022. I'm 2023, it's going on. But see, we have issues that's directly to divert us from our true beliefs. Say, Jesus, I'm going to discuss abortion. Well, I'm not going to discuss it. I'm going to discuss English as a requirement. But actually, I'm going to discuss these things today. First of all, abortion. Abortion 
is an issue that touches most people one way or the other. Let me explain to y'all. I must first speak to those who are who call themselves pro-life. Let me explain why this whole thing came about. It came about in Fort Worth, Texas, believe it or not. And it became very, very big in the 1980 election that elected Ronald Reagan. Now, here's what. It was up before it talked about it, but it wasn't big. They were talking about so many babies being killed. And what they did was they took that thing and twisted it and twisted it in a way that it made it look like the majority of abortions are by black women. Let me tell you something. That was a lie. Now, they had it on paper. Look and see how many they've had and everything and everything. This is more than anybody. But what they didn't tell you was they're going to use black women and say we need to stop abortion. And, then, you know, this group, a very conservative group, racist group, you know, did not care anything about the lives of black kids or anything else. But what it did do was to stop white women and girls or whatever from having abortions, put the monkey on the black woman's back because the whites could go to private doctors, get a private abortion. They could even fly out of the country get, and hide their numbers, which was far, far higher than black women. But this is how they politicized this thing. And, and telling people, y'all vote against those Democrats because they, they are pro-abortion, we, we pro-life. Well, whatever you think and figure on that, you should realize this was done politically to trick many of our people into voting Republican. I saw it grow up. I saw this thing grow 1986, I was there, I saw it. Uh, James Robinson, it was who they had picked to be their big religious leader, and he was to lead this movement. But something happened. <clears throat> James Robinson, instead of going full-fledged Baptist with this, who they wanted, well, he switched over and began to speak in tongues. You know, what we call glossolalia. And he began to believe in faith healing. And in other words, he went Pentecostal on them. And the Baptists it was not going to have that. So they dropped him because they were going to make him the, the, you know, the next great lead preacher, leader. And see, this was all to politically motivated. 
most people don't realize what this thing was all about. They didn't care anything about the lives of these black kids, but to use them because most of them had to go to public clinics and different things, and those were counted. Those going to private physicians, they didn't count, and they, you never knew. And this is how this whole issue started and really took steam, really took steam a long time ago. Well, and I hear people screaming and hollering now. See, this group which named themselves at that time the Moral Majority. Can y'all remember that? They named themselves the Moral Majority. And by naming themselves the Moral Majority, what they were really saying, one political party is moral, godly. The other one is evil, ungodly. So what will we do? Well, we get enough of them on this side of the fence. And they'll walk away from that other side of the fence. We can win all elections. In some ways, it did work. It did work. Yes, Ronald Reagan beat Jimmy Carter, who was a sitting president, and won the election. And this right-wing movement, calling themselves the moral majority, was a majority of racist a majority of racists and still oppose to things that will help the poor in life after they're born. But they fight for them to be born, then deny, try to deny everything that will advance those. Try to say they're so concerned while they're in the room. They love them in the womb, but despise them. Same children, once they're born. We have to look at the full picture. I'm not telling, trying to change anybody's thoughts on such things, just give you the information to rethink some of these things. Am I really cognitive of what's going on in this world, you have to study things. 972-647-1893. Who do you have here? Tony's on line one. All righty. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. How you doing? Fine. How are you this morning? All right. Mm-hmm. See, what you're saying is true because this is what the moral majority knew. Mm-hmm. Black people, by that nature, are conservative. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, not necessarily for the liberal, uh, 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 far right. It's because of the church, mm-hmm. the church teachings, and they appeal to that that part. All the reason why they don't go full blown on it is because we're black. So mm-hmm. let's use abortion as, uh, well, you know what. 
got 70 of, of the black family, of the black females being pregnant and pregnant by men. But they don't mm-hmm. see the background on that. Is this. In the 60s, we might have been poor, but we were together. Mm-hmm. And then when, when they put welfare in place, or public housing, they said that the man can't stay in the house. That's part of the breakup of the, uh, of the uh, male-female dynamic in the black community. Also, you started incarcerating men in greater numbers. That's another contributor. And then they said, well, you know what? Mm-hmm. 70% of the of black females get pregnant, they're not getting married. Then, but, but then when you go back to your history, is it? You started this, it's literally separating the family. So they never get the background or the, or, or, or the context of mm-hmm. why we are where we are. Uh-huh. And then they say, okay, this is religion. We're going to take religion. We're going to teach it to them. We're going to teach them the part where obey the master. Even if read the Bible, if the Bible put God in a master-servant relationship, not necessarily it's somebody that you that that's an all-powerful uh, it's, it's, it's a it's a master-servant, mm-hmm. and that is deliberate. And so, what happens is is that you have generations upon generations of black who, in the past, had white Jesus in their churches mm-hmm. on the on, on, on the wall. And so you, you come to the 1970s when they figured out, you know what? You know what? We're losing this country because people of color are fighting for the rights. Mm-hmm. The, the NRA for a long time, and guess what? Even in that interview, it, you know, it tell you it's not the right. No, it didn't, because Martin Luther King tried to get it try to get it by a gun, the, 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 uh, the sheriff said no, and the Black Panthers try to buy a gun, you know, Reagan's trying to build in California to stop, stop them. So you're right, that more majority had all those issues on the table. Mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell, all those other people, mm-hmm. all said, you know what, we need to on our side, abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't pound abortion. And you're right, white women who had money now, one of the reasons why this abortion bill came in a place right now, they can't have enough kids right now without numbers. They can't go to Europe and, and ship them in like they used to. And so they said this, as a white man, I can't get, I can't get a woman to have sex with me, so I'm going to make her stay at home and get pregnant if she had no choice and so we can put it right away herself. But guess what's happening? Black men have sex with white women. Uh, Asian men have sex with white women. Latinos are. And so their numbers are doing it just because of natural progression of uh, demographics. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and so they're kind of saying, supposedly they're raised by having females not have kids. That's it. Well, <clears throat> look, let's look at this thing. When Reconstruction came, there was a problem real problem in America. You had a set of farmers who knew how to plant crops, knew how to grow things, and advance themselves. Yet another set who had sat back and watched these others do this, but they many of them did not learn 
how to take care of themselves. So you had to start what we know now today as Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. That's how Jim Crow got started, out of need, a necessity, out of a person, out of a people who could not keep the farming. And the, and the world was an agrarian society at that time. Mm-hmm. And they needed, they couldn't have slaves anymore, but they needed to live. Everybody needs to live. But the black farmer was was just, was going to take over America because he had become an expert in farming. He had become an expert. Mm-hmm. And by him becoming an expert, all kind of Jim Crow laws came about, which really are there until this day. This is one of the main reasons I have Malcolm Robinson on. Those are still still old Jim Crow uh, practices are still going on. See, we can stay in the sun all day long. Don't bother us, our friend, and raise crops. Others can't do that. When and when they when they find out that we are needed to till the soil to make this nation great, to grow the crops that they can trade worldwide and make trillions of dollars off of, they 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 still that shatter of discrimination is there, and we'll be there until we wake up and come together to learn to do this and trade among ourselves. We have the world's biggest trading problem, uh, uh, yeah, problem and partner, Africa. Mm-hmm. Who who you think the powers that be? China, America, Japan, Everybody is trying to get a toehold and a trade and make Africa a land that they can grow crops, they can build, they can trade, they can do more everything. And we are, that's our homeland. And we're doing so very little to not only make partnership with them, but we won't make partnerships with ourselves. Reverend, I'm leaving with this. I'm mm-hmm. leaving with this because you, you're right. This, this is what uh, John Henry Clark had to tell tell us. Mm-hmm. If you can't, if because Africa, then Brazil, Brazil is the second largest black population outside of Africa, mm-hmm. and us. Mm-hmm. We have the technical schools here. Yeah, uh, Africa has resources, and Brazil has that population. If we trade in that triangle that brought us here to to the Americas. And, and this is back in my I'm saying this. Guess what? America's not only where you make money. Do trade with people like us in Brazil and Africa. And what happens is this. Our public schools teaches us what white people teach us. Not necessarily for us teaching us, hey, son, let's go overseas and make commerce and trade with other people like us, like in Africa. You still right. Well, here's what. We often condemn the black preacher 
for not getting the truth out to people, which is, I'm not saying it's wrong, but we also allow the black teacher to take a walk and not teach our children the truth because they're supposed to be educators. But when you get talk to the average teacher, they're far from being the type of educator we need in our community. They're far from it. And uh, we, these things we have to figure. I, I, I'm out of time on this. My, all my lands are filled. But those who own my land, just hold. Just hold. And I'll take your calls when we get back. We'll be 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? Okay, we're back and we're ready to go. 972-647-1893 is the number to call. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, yeah, and uh, we have uh, Leon on no, line two. Leon? Yes. All right. Good morning, Leon. Good morning, good morning. Is it Leon or Leon? <laughs> you seen that commercial? I like that commercial. <laughs> the old man was sharp and he's sharp. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you I'm glad you do you I'm glad you sound like you feel one hundred percent. That's that's fantastic. Oh, I feel great. I just wish everybody would wake up. <laughs> I wish I had a bunch of folk out there chucking and throw rocks on top of the house and wake them up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You can't sleep. You gotta get. You gotta be woke. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, you know, I've been listening to what you were saying about uh, moral majority and morals, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to process how do you reconcile hating another person be- or discriminating against another person because of his color, mm-hmm. but yet you say that you are moral or that you are a Christian well you have to understand Eurocentric theology Europeans changed some of the interpretations and grossly misinterpreted the Bible and made white skin pure and black skin sinful that's the way they taught this and black people don't even realize it they don't realize it they first gave you God as a white man. Long blonde hair, blue eyes. It was not the Bible describes him as a black man. Hair of lamb's wool. And he goes on to tell you uh, that he's a direct descendant, earthly descendant, earthly now, of him, which in Egyptian is black. And we have to understand that there's a lie have been given to us to control our minds and set the standards of beauty. The beautiful standards. When they show you want to show you beauty, they show you blonde hair. Blah. And you begin to, in your subconscious, and you don't realize, you, you begin to believe that. And it has worked down through the years. So these games that's been played upon us has to be challenged and overcome through the same scripture that got 
that they used to put us into this situation. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and absolutely. See, see, see uh, if your pastor is not teaching you this, uh, he's not doing his job. God never put us down here with the children of Israel. Never, and the Bible teaches it. Never put us in a shape that we have to be basically beggars. Yes, beggars. A beggar driving a Cadillac, a Mercedes, a Ferrari, a Maserati, or whatever. We got beggars driving those. Why are they called beggars? They're beggars because they have to depend on someone else to set up a situation where they maybe even themselves can rob black people by selling drugs to them and giving them different things. We, 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 we see we are caught in a trap that only that black preacher can free us from. The black teacher is not going to do it because most of them have worked hard for four and a half years, go to school, get a degree, and try to make some money, and that's their main thing. But many of them, yeah, they care about children. They love children want to work. But they have not examined what, in reality, what they're really teaching our children, what they're teaching us to be. That's bad. That's, that's a bad situation. Uh, how do you see it? Well, you know, you mentioned something about the preachers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was listening to one of the preachers uh, during the George Floyd time. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, that he didn't want any of his members to protest. And he I, did? Uh, oh, yes. Who was this guy? That was Ricky Rush. Huh? Yeah, that was Ricky Rush. Mm-hmm. Ricky Rush said and, that. Uh, right, huh? Well, and, uh, let me tell the... Audience, so not nothing against you either, but I didn't hear it, and I I didn't see it. But it could possibly be true then, you know. But d- did he really say that? Well, it, it came across my ears as what he said, and uh, you know, my ears are not. I don't have hearing problems. I don't wear hearing aids. All right, all right. So you can and, hear. And Yes, I can hear. Uh-huh. Okay. And as you said, a lot of Baptist preachers or black preachers do not talk to the congregations about how they should come together for the common good of the masses. Mm-hmm. That they each have their own little kingdom. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's part of the reason... Uh, a lot of black people can't seem to understand the concept that you're that you're espousing on your show because when they go to their church they hear the exact opposite <laughs> which one you believe well you know I, I do my research and so you know what you're saying is, is accurate because mm-hmm. as you said in the bible it says that uh, lambs wool and skin like burnt bronze. Well, what does the Second Kings five twenty seven say? No, I can't. I don't. I can't quote. I, I tell you what. You. Go back when you get off there, 
I, I got to go to another call. Go to Second Kings five twenty seven, and then go to Numbers twelve, Numbers thirteen, and it's all through the Bible there. What I'm saying. Go just go in. Go and look at it. It's in the Bible. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your call. 972-647-1893 is the number to call. Who do we have, Pierre? Uh, we have a Bill on uh, line three. Bill? Yes. All right. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Pastor Barnett. How are you this morning? Fine. How are you this morning? All right, sir. All right, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the comment, I have to comment on this uh, moral majority. You know, I, back when I was a young man, I first heard this moral majority mm-hmm. with Jimmy Falwell, James Falwell, whatever his name, Jim Falwell. Mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jerry Falwell, that's it. Yes. And, uh, you know, it, it, when I first heard it, it kind of offended me at first. It, it offended me because I, for some reason inside, I knew that it didn't stand for any kind of morality at all. It, mm-hmm. To me, it, it stood for, for uh, people, white people. That, that's that's what he was really. Uh, that's what they were really touting, you know. The majority, you know. That's that's, that's uh, instead of being the uh, majority of moral people, it was a majority of white people. <laughs> it was racist. It was it was laced in racism. Mm-hmm. You know, and they said it. That's the way I felt. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sure enough, you know, it, it came true. It's still. Mm-hmm. But how how it, it, how they convinced the, the you know the nation to you know to 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 vote their way and whatnot. You know, I, I'll you know I'll never know. But well, wait a minute. That, what, what did they do? What did what, what? What did they use? Yo, know, they used something to really trap people. What was that? What was that? What, what was that main weapon they used to trap people? The abortion. Yes, that was number two. Number one was religion. Religion, yes. They used used religion and then stacked on top of that to justify them using religion, they used abortion. Yes. And then they used poverty. Where one woman having an abortion has to go to a public clinic, where another one could go anywhere anyone to do and keep it private and it's never recorded. Never recorded, you're right. You're right, Pastor Barnett. And you know, they even used the, they even used religion to to justify slavery back oh, in the day. Oh yes, you know, oh yes. They used religion. Yes. You know? Uh huh. Like and I said, the white church has been the basis of racism throughout the world. The white church. Yes, it, it, and it still is. Still is today. Yeah. You know, it still is today. Mm-hmm. It's just that uh, I, I just want to make those comments, Pastor Barnett. And, and um, that's what I, that's, but moral majority doesn't mean moral majority to me. Never has, never will. <laughs> yeah, who's moral? Yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for your call. That's close the line, 972 647 1893. Who do we have? Uh, Imani is on line four. All righty. Good morning, Imani. Good morning, Pastor. I missed you this Sunday. Well, no, I I wasn't feeling my best this Sunday. I just just was out of it, and the Lord said the same. I'll be there tomorrow morning. Oh, I'll be there tomorrow morning. Hard and heavy. Believe me, tomorrow morning. 
I had about 2,000 people and I was going to blast it out to let them hear especially on the second Kings. I was going to let them hear your message. Well, bless now. Bless, read it. I will just come on. Thank you. Huh? I'll listen tomorrow. I'll listen tomorrow. You don't have your Bible with you? Excuse me? You have your Bible with you? I'll keep my Bible. Well, you, you can read it. Oh, I've read it. Have you read it? I read it. You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, leprosy. It's masters forever. Yeah? Yeah, and I know you didn't let the It went but to his seed forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pastor, I'm out of town again to another funeral. Please, my people, buy some death insurance. It's not life insurance. It's death insurance, so your family won't be burdened down and have to beg for money to bury your people. I'm well, tired of doing that. And that's what every, every week I got to put out some money to bury our people because they won't they won't do what's, what they're supposed to do. So I want, I'm, on, I'm tired of that. But I want to also let you know Powernomics. Uh, we're a corporation. We we got two bills in Washington. We we ready to go in to talk to the president mm-hmm. about. Uh, but there's two bills we won't pass, and that's uh We want the reparation bill, of course. We need, we mm-hmm. never gonna get it because of money. And the next bill mm-hmm. we want is George Floyd bill. Mm-hmm. And we, we're not voting with any party that won't give us what we need to be repaired. So well. we have a bunch of us got together, and we want money, and we don't want no more voting for nothing. And, and we have a lot of us, and there's quite a few of us. And they get some heavyweights working with us with money, and we want that bill passed. If you, yeah. if you don't pass the bill, we're not mm-hmm. voting for you. Yeah. It's just that simple. Yeah, well, because he's done some things to us. Now, he done yeah, some, I, I give him credit. What credit do that? Some good things he done. But the most treacherous thing this man has done to black people, he's shown us that he does not want. He don't want black people in America. He don't want any more. What did he do with Asians? He put them on 747s and sent them back to Haiti. He grounded them up with horses. Have you seen have you seen horses since the Asians left on the border? You know, Pastor, they did that in South Dallas. They're hurting black people with it with police cars. Yeah. So they heard us up, and then they put us in jail. And we know that, and that's why we up here in D.C. But I want to let you know that we know what they're doing, and, and they, they can't hide their hands anymore. And we're at power now, so we're going to stop that, because either they do us right, or we're not going to vote for them anymore. Okay, then. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your call. I close the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have here? Uh, we have uh, Nicole on uh, line one. Nicole? Yes. Uh, all right. She, uh, she's gone. So we have uh, Beverly on uh, line two. Beverly? All yes. right. Bring on. Good morning, Beverly. Good morning. How are you doing? Fine. How are you doing? I'm good. But you know what? I need to ask you one question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that book that they gave us is truly the word of the most high? Because way I'm looking at this, you were you are serving Satan, not the Most High. All right, who's serving Satan? We are when we get in that book that they gave us to read. 
there's not just one Bible. If you go to those other churches, their Bible is not reading like ours. Ours is coincided with slavery. Well, uh, what is it? Give me a a deception or a distortion that you're particularly pointing out. Tell me where it's from. They have have brainwashed us. You go back and look at those old movies. I was sitting here yesterday, last night, looking at Black Adam. Black Adam. You know, they want everything to be about them. They, they don't, ooh, it, I, I, it would take me a long time to break this down because I'm tired of it. I ask them, thou shall not, everything thou shall not do, they do. Nobody has an image of the most high because we are the most high. Black people were here first. Black people, they took us out and put them in. They telling their story. We need to learn our story. Do you go to church? I've been to church. I grew up in church. I know that Bible. I Do, had to learn it. Is your, your, is your pastor preach, preaching the Bible? The one that I grew up in? Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. He was awesome? When he, when he died out, the younger people started coming in. The whole thing changed. Because the pastor that I went to church under when I was little growing up, he was just like Martin Luther King. Let me tell you why these churches like they are again. The, the, the government got to our preachers telling them they better not bring Martin Luther King here. See, this is a bunch of jokes. <coughs> well, who was your we pastor? Still be here Growing up, who was your pastor? Huh? Who was he? A Reverend Newell Shepard. Reverend Hobart Shepard? Yes. Yeah, I knew him. Brilliant, yes. brilliant, and his wife was just as brilliant as she yes. was. Well, now you are right. I was wondering, I was, I ain't gonna lie, I was wondering, could I believe you? You say, yeah, the pastor that, that taught that. But Hobart Shepherd and his wife, yes, Dr. Shepherd, a tremendous right. preacher. You doggone right. This is why I yes. can't get in with the program on him. When we did Christmas and stuff, and right today, they still do black history. When black history come in, you wear your black uh, history stuff. All right. Well, that's that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. This was one of the greatest men ever lived in Dallas. You don't hear me, though. You don't hear me, though. I have not seen another one like him yet. Yeah, all right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I ask you a question again. That book that they wrote, isn't that about them? That's government of democracy. They're not giving us the real stuff. Yes. All right. Thank you. Have a good one, y'all. Uh-huh. All right. 972-647-1893 is the number to call. We are up against a short break, and we are B. Right back. Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with mine, you know. Ah, we're back and ready for our uh, hour number two of church information and open forum. Yes, we are here. And you can reach us at 972-647-1893. And tomorrow morning on Facebook, Marion Barnett Sr., Heavenly George Rich. Be with us tomorrow morning, 930.
tomorrow morning, 9.30, if you want to get the story, the real story. Tomorrow morning, 9.30. All righty. We are... Get, get, we're taking calls on the same number. We lost a lot of calls at the end of uh, the first hour. But y'all can call back now. I'll get. To, I can get to you now. Nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Who do you have, uh, Pierre? Uh, Eddie's on the line three. Eddie. Yes. Alrighty. Good morning, Eddie. Uh, good morning, great Reverend. How are you this morning? I'm the best. Getting better. Yes. Uh, I wanted to just mm-hmm. say, and I know you're a man of intelligence, in order, in order for us to be free, you know, we cannot be free unless we're independent. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it isn't an overnight thing. As the Reverend Martin Luther King said, you have to beat that drum 24-7, etc. Right. We... We have to be, uh, uh, in order to be successful, we have to be obsessed with our freedom. Mm -hmm. We have to use everything at our disposal and do it and do it and do it, implement it day in and day out. So correct. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, blame the people who cannot do that, but I'm telling you, with all of the intelligent black people like you and others throughout this nation and the world, we should be ahead. And the word segregation, we need to segregate and talk and preach and act with each other. Mm-hmm. Because I tell you, they surely are not going to do anything for us because they want to kill us. That's what Jesus said yeah. about the kill. Yeah, and I just wanted to ask you to speak on that. Great. Well, well, you asked some good, and you've said some good stuff. You, you, you definitely have said some good stuff this morning, Eddie. But when we look at division, we have to first teach how we were divided. We have to teach. And show them in Scripture, because they sure won't believe it. Sometimes they don't even want to believe Scripture. That ain't what that means. That's because they've been so ill-taught by people they admire. They've sang, they've danced and praised over those words, and they're not about to change without a lot of proof of what we're saying. That that, that they, they're not going to make a change, in, especially in their hearts, minds, and souls. They're not going to do it. And this way it has to be changed so they won't go back. They've accepted the teaching that has been taught to them, and it was evil. They don't know it. But what has been taught, in many instances, it has been interpreted in an evil form. Nothing wrong with the Scripture. Nothing wrong with the Bible. And a lot of things that are said, but how it's given to you and why it's given to you is to continue the practice of white supremacy. That's why it's done like that. People not reading the Bible to promote God. They give you the Bible to promote to promote themselves. Yes. Well, it's just, Reverend, I, 
I appreciate you so much. You know, the Bible talks about uh, uh, believers coming from the north, south, the east, and the west. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you are such an example. People don't know. Mm-hmm. I have not been in my best health for a few times, a little time. But I still would like to have somebody get together like me and put together a great big banquet for you because the time to give flowers is in the snow. Yeah, I certainly, I certainly thank you. I certainly appreciate you. And I appreciate that. I appreciate it. All righty. Thank you. 972-647-1893. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Why? Why is it that we can accept? I guess I've just explained it. Why we can accept something that's basically a lie and gross misinterpreted and we will defend it with our lives. And that's that's good. That's good faith. The problem not with your faith in that sense, your faith is in a lie. It's not true. It's not the truth. Learn the truth of the situation. And then we'll get somewhere. You'll see a change in your lives. I hate to say that. People get angry. They uh, will tell you, I know, I know the Bible. I know the Lord. I know. And they believe that. But the way it's been presented to you is detrimental. 972-647-1893. Who do we have here? We have uh, Mr. T on uh, line one. Mr. T? Yep. Hello, Mr. T? Yeah. <clears throat> Greeting, greetings to you, uh, Reverend. Yes, huh? How you doing? Fine, how are you? Yeah. I have uh, heard some great comments on the radio today. Mm-hmm. And Thank so, you. Um, I guess what I'm going to say is um, I'm not a Christian, but I do believe that we all need to come together on the things we do agree on so we can get some things done. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that we don't agree on, but we really need to focus on what we do agree on mm-hmm. because without that, we won't be able to move forward. Yes. So, I guess for an example, what I'm referring to is healthcare, education, things that we need to move forward and we really need to come together on this, you know, and for me, um, I see a lot of things that people don't agree on and that is what's really dividing me. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you something. Why aren't you a Christian? Oh, uh, so that's another whole story, but um, I got caught in another, uh, another time, but I do agree on um, the supreme energy. Um, I do believe the consciousness of that energy, but uh, so I said, um, even though I don't necessarily agree um, on, you know, a lot of teachings and churches and things that people do, I do agree that 
black people should come together to help each other. And to me, that's a principle that we really should connect to each other and uh, agree on. I, there was a lady that called earlier, and uh, I really agree with what she had to say. Because there's a lot of things that you know we have been taught that's not right. So to me, that education is really important for us to know. Yes. But do you think just energy can bring blacks together? Well, I believe that positive energy can bring black people together. I mean, what that means is we do come together and connect to each other based on that. Life is based on that. How things grow is based on that. You know, we're talking about science, you know, and so forth. So this has a whole one in connection, and they're one in agreement with each other. And that's what we need to be doing, you know, as black people, because we really need each other, and we have talents and skills and things that we can help each other with. And when we do this, I believe that there's a lot of things that we can build based on that. If you had a trillion dollars, what would you do with it? If I had a trillion dollars? Mm-hmm. If I had a trillion dollars, I would build schools. I would build facilities of people who are very, who are specialized in fields that can help our community. Because that's what we need. And if I had a trillion dollars, my first important thing for me is to be able to build a community where people are educated, especially in their culture. And that's exactly what I would I would do with it. That's what you do with it. <clears throat> you think that would be the best use of that money? Well, there's a lot of uses, but that would be one of the uses. I believe that healthcare, um, I, there's a gentleman that has a, a healthcare facility I believe yeah. that we need more. Dr. Edwards have one. Yes, uh-huh. And so we need things to help take care of us. But that, to me, is lacking. Let me ask you. You seem to be a, a, a good thinker. What if you had a trillion dollars? Would you search out black entrepreneurs who has everything going but the finances to get what where they need to be in their business. Would you give them money? Yes, of course. How, how, why would you spread that money? I'm sorry, say that one time. How would you spread that money around? I would spread that money around, of course. We would have you know, banking, the banking system, we would have banks. Now, I'm talking about a gift now. I'm not talking about a loan. Would you give enough African-Americans, entrepreneurs, male and female, that money to go and open businesses? Would you give it to them? Yes, absolutely. And let them be the ones, once they're successful, 
to help build hospitals, you know, clinics to help and do the things we need done in our community, plus hire our people. Would you do it? Yes, 100%. All right. And I'm real serious about that. All right. I hear you. I can hear it in your voice. You really want to find something that we need some things in our community, people we can trust. Give them money. Give it to them and don't put liens and loans and bother them about how to pay it back. Forget that. See, money is given and we're blessed with money to help not only ourselves, but help Absolutely. all of our people. And that's what I would do with my trillion dollars. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. That clears the line. 972-647-1893. 972-647-1893. What would you do with a trillion dollars? I'm going to take it down. I'm going to bring it way down. I'll bring it down. I'm going to bring it. What if you had Let's see, seven billion. What would you do with that money? See, what I'm hinting at is this. We've got a lot of black people. They have money. Oh, we're gonna have to start. I don't I didn't never think I would do that. Point out what our billionaires and millionaires don't know really what to do with their money. Spread the money around people that's going to create more money, which means create businesses where they can hire and have things come into our community. And we don't... See, but a lot of our people... Who makes the most money in the black race? Generally, it's just like this worldwide. In Brazil, where you have great people like who just passed, Paley, just passed. What would they do? With they, what did they do? Most of them that meant well did some things, but it was not the smart thing. They go and build centers, recreation centers, and gymnasiums and parks and things for children. That's not what we are supposed to do with that money. Go business-wise. Go business-wise. And businesses will build that once they have gotten to another level. This is our whole community should have that mentality. Build. Build businesses. Everybody that come into this country, they come in here trying to get a business plan. How to develop their people. You go everywhere you go. If it's not a city in most cases, or just cities in most cases, you're going to find Chinatown. You're going to find the Japanese. Now, even finding where Hispanics live and gathers and their businesses. The only way 
you find in most cases the black community is just follow your nose. That's just what they say. And when we see, I'll give you a perfect example of a blacks missing golden opportunities to develop. They gave us back in their mid-50s an area where black people would come together and more or less this was the black middle class and they sat there and the best business they had was a hamburger place. Boy, that's the best hamburger I've ever been in Dallas. But didn't develop other businesses in this black middle class. And we allowed it to get away. Uh, I'm up against the break. But when I come back, I'm going to tell you where it is and tell you who it is and show you. I saw this whole thing vanish and everything I said about it years ago has come to pass. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with the mind, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it like right this? Here we go. All right, nine. We're back. We're back, and you can reach me at 972-647-1893. The area I'm talking about uh, started all back about 1955, say, first guy. And it really started in 58, 59, 60. Early 60s, it grew a lot. It's right across from this station, across Central Expressway. An area called Hamilton Park. Boy, that was a good test. To test our togetherness. But at that time, we were thinking that the leadership was telling us the best way to is to divide ourselves. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. Those of you who have been in Dallas a long time, you know what I'm talking about. They allowed others, had a little shopping center there, the developers of Hamilton Park, began a little shopping center area. And there, instead of blacks buying the business and owning the business, they let others come in and sell to them. Now, there was one business that was not directly in Hamilton, but right across the street on Forest Land. It was an automotive shop, fixed cars. This man set up that shop there, a black man, and became a millionaire. All because he had all of that business right there before him. And what would have been so good that would have helped blacks? They did not have bus service in Hamilton Park for years. They never had bus service. That meant a lot of people had to come right to that shopping mall. This little slant law mall, you know, it's not real big, no. 
But it was enough to get things developed and started. See, we, by having ill teaching, and by having preachers that would come in and preach to you, and basically asked two great preachers, greatest preachers in this town, two others that came out of this. And instead of preaching their opportunity to develop a great society right out there, they went along with this, just the same stuff we're getting, most for the most part, today. It was a case. Yes, I can talk about it because I lived out there. I saw it. I saw the mistakes that the adults were making. I speak on it, nobody understood at the time. I studied it and said this could have been the greatest thing ever happened in America had African Americans used their heads. Now, well, yeah, well, I'm not going to hop on the mistakes, me, but use our heads today to develop our communities ourselves. Instead of going forward, we're going backwards because we don't have the ownership, the entrepreneurship that we had 50, 60 years ago, 70 years ago. We don't have it. For some way, we're losing it. Let's go to the phone lines. I want to hear what people have to say. Let me, let me, uh, who do we have? Uh, we have a councilwoman, Caroline Arnold, on uh, line uh, one. All righty. Good morning, councilman, councilwoman, the mayor of Dallas. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. This has been uh, listening and very interesting, but I did want to once again thank you for your leadership in allowing us to have this conversation and hope you have and all the listening audience a great start to the new year and that we maintain it and not just talk about it, do a party and, and make a resolution we don't go through. But on the conversation mm -hmm. around thank uh, you. changing the dynamic, investing in the community, I do want to make sure everyone knows that this new election coming up here in May, the Hamilton Park area will now uh, have an opportunity to uh, select a new council member. Their council member, Adam Agu, is turning out. Mm -hmm. And this will be a great opportunity for that conversation to start. Maybe it's already started, but I did want to let you know that there is an opportunity for us to get someone Uh, and probably someone of African-American descent mm -hmm. to represent that community. But your community has to come together mm -hmm. to support. That's so, a block. You know, it's an isolated block. It's the perfect thing that you're talking about. That mm -hmm. isolated block, you have thousands of votes. It, that community is bigger than people think it is. Much bigger. Right. Yes. And you have right. a block of votes That if they can just get out in that area, the area, people have moved out. Black people live everywhere over this area, that, that, right. that, over this district, that really could vote for somebody that looked like them, could put them in office. Well, it's an opportunity to do just what you're saying, reclaiming, at least starting a plan 
for a, a new direction, a new path for revitalization, mm-hmm. sustainability. And it's right in the hands of right now. So where I look at it, we don't have anyone to blame but ourselves if we miss this opportunity to start for new leadership. Mm-hmm. speaks to the heritage that we know is in that area uh, and then all of the heritage and history that so many people don't know about and even that was I had to learn but mm-hmm. in order to still try to preserve that one thing and so I would just simply put that out there for those who just to get that out and, mm-hmm. and the last piece is very interesting I read something about where you have a strong uh, Asian community uh, and I believe they are pushing now to get some recognition so they can be actually recognized as being a community. And so, because uh, uh-huh. when you go out there in certain areas where there's a strong unity, collaboration with business, uh, each business and business families, there, it's growth there. And so I think we're going to have to also begin to look at our communities as we talk about the African-American communities and what it is we're lacking, what we need. We Many times I see that we just, we're our own worst enemies. We just right. won't work together and we spend more time attacking the person as opposed to let's work on the, let's get to the solution. Mm-hmm. We don't have to, not to love us, but let's work on a solution so that when we have to sit down because of age and, and because we just, we've done all we could do, the folks who are coming after us will be able to see the light in us and, and, and can't wait to get to the point where they are here mm-hmm. and supporting and picking that baton up. I just, it, I'm just excited about the fact that you're having the conversation, but we have to decide at some point if we're going to live or die. And right now, we have a great opportunity in Dallas to live. We just need mm-hmm. our community sure to stand up, get involved in that billion, we talk about a billion dollar budget. Mm-hmm. We're asking people help us give input so we can spend the money. We can put it into our community. Mm-hmm. We beg our community to do the census. The census is the best time to capture dollars from the federal government, but we don't record our existence so the funds can be allocated mm-hmm. to our community so we can get the services that we need. So we still have a way to go. We have a number of great people in our community talented. And I would just give out a call to anyone who wants to work to support us in this conversation around equity in the city of Dallas as we talk about putting money back into our underserved communities, creating mm-hmm. these small opportunities just as you're talking about today. Yeah. Give us a call. Just get, call my office at 214-670-0780 and we'll get you in a position where you can serve on a board of commissions. We can work on organizing committees, neighborhood tax, whatever we do, but we have to educate that, use that as a tool to make sure that we're at the table and that we're not on the menu. Well, uh, 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 Mayor, it's like this. You're on the right track. A feast is for laughter, wine make it merry, but money answer for all things. That's the Bible. Until we get people in there that cares about the poor, the middle class, and look out for the wealthy. Until we get people in there like you, 
we 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 just need to learn to move forward. I think I think it's some good-hearted people out there, but that really have to learn the city, know this city the way you know it. And I like for you to come on a whole lot of you. Come on, I first brought you on and others on over the years to teach people to teach people what's going on I, 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 I feel good about 2023 for some reason something I, I feel good about it and uh, I think it's it, it's it's gonna need it's gonna be it's gonna be caught on to uh, when uh, see uh, God I, I talk to him all the time why are you leaving me here so long all my, just about all my friends and everybody is dead. <laughs> and why? And he keep telling me, well, I'm giving you an opportunity to get my word out there. That he wants right. us to come together. He wants us to come together and come together in unity and right. have a business mentality. You don't have to be a billionaire to be a business person, but come together and work with others and and set your mind and, and develop our minds that it's nothing wrong with looking towards your own to first when you're going to make a purchase. Look towards your own. Look towards your own first. Well, that's racist. No, it's not. Everybody do it. Everybody do that. But we still have not learned to do it ourselves. And that's what's holding us back. Well, I'm pushing on, and I can just simply say that we have a number of opportunities that we've had to fight for, and I know that I've had to work and get money that's available for our communities, for folks who really want to move forward. For example, we've put couple of several million in the new Beckley key tip that we have it that I had to have it mm-hmm. we have it. Mm-hmm. So my goal is to work with those businesses in that area to try to help develop not only those that are there like Wingfield Burgers through expansion, Othello Big Gallery, mm-hmm. number of restaurants that area that could be cultivated up through that tip. Uh, we put money in for home repair. We put money in for development for businesses. So we just have need for folks who want to come in and take advantage of these opportunities. We have investments available, support even if it's housing development in the bottom where I'm putting, continuing to put money there. Mm-hmm. We have recently received funds from uh, uh, the, uh, Michael Morris through the Transportation Commission we have put in infrastructure dollars down in the Cedar Crest Catholic Heights area for the whole purpose of development of businesses and homes. And so uh-huh. we these these investments are, are going to neighborhoods that traditionally have have had African American ownership. Uh-huh. Sometimes we just go for that cheap dollar and sell out and then we sell. So I'm simply saying that's what's available in District 4 for sure. District 8 with Councilmember Atkins is just booming off the chain mm-hmm. with opportunities. Now that they're putting infrastructure dollars there, but we have to have, we continue to call for business people who want support. We have Joyce Williams, for example, who works with small businesses 
But her job is to try to help shape the, the mindset so we understand how to work with the city when you come to the city for help. Now, I can tell you, we just don't write blank checks and just give. You have to come to the table with some uh, sense of collateral and ownership. You have to have some resources because it's the tax dollars that we're giving away. We just don't give away tax dollars. Just we have contracts on some of these businesses. We will help find grants for some of these businesses. Mm-hmm. So it's about coming to the people with the right mindset and mm-hmm. the vision of uh, and longevity in terms of protecting uh, our communities. And so I continue to, to encourage people to give us a call, uh, 214-670-0780, so that we can help get you in the right direction. But I can tell you, Pastor, millions of dollars are going by day to day, and we're being bypassed because we fail to either, we don't have information, and we're going to continue to push our staff on that. We have to get information out. But we also just have to have people who are coming not for us just to give their money, but come to the table with a game plan and with yes. some help. Yes. So, help look so thank you for allowing share. Remember, council races are up, open, but for sure in district where Hamilton Park is, I think that's 10, we have an opportunity to get an African-American if that's the goal, if that's the desire of that community, but you do have an opportunity, so you can't say you can't blame anybody. But just yes. so thank you. Happy New Year, and let us continue. Happy New Year to you. And Hamilton Park was built as a legacy because it was one of the nicest areas that you had in any city in America when it was first built. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself, but. Well, I, but we just give a call back to folks in Hampton Park in those areas, it, it's time, the time is now. Yes, because they did. Right, well, thank you. Yeah. Be blessed, be blessed and, be, and be careful, but just know that we do appreciate you, Pastor. We pray for your health and strength and the message that you keep putting out here we appreciate it so very much. I know I do because I th- I hear people from time to time who say, "Listen, we're listening to, to uh, Pastor Barnett, Reverend Barnett's show," and I'm you know I'm shocked that the people listen. I'm happy, but I'm like I'm very excited about the number of people that you are reaching. They may not always call in because some folks just want information, uh-huh. and so you are that light. And I want to make sure I continue to say. Thank you. While you can hear me say thank you uh, for your service. So be blessed, and we hope to see you again and talk to your audience again next week. All right, thank you, thank you. All I have to do is say something wrong. Everywhere I go, I'll meet it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> You have a wonderful day. We're up against a short break, and you can reach us at 972 647 1893. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with mine, y'all know. Here we go. All right, we're back. 972 647 1893 is the number to reach us. Come on, let's go to the phone line. Let's get the people talk some now. All right. All right, we have uh, Robert on uh, no, line three. Robert? Yeah. Uh, all right. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Reverend Doctor. How are you? Is this Mr. Petrie? 
Yes, sir. I, I'd just like to thank uh, Mayor Pro Tem, uh, Carolyn Honor, for her efforts to try to continue to make us see the opportunities that the city of Dallas is offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and we, we, we must take advantage of these opportunities because other people are. If we don't take advantage of that money going to either go back to the federal government or other people going to take advantage of it. And, we oh, and they are taking it, and, and we may not know it, but we see it every day that right. that's some of us could have gotten that money to do right. some projects and things like right. that. In, in the past, we have not had council people that were in position to come and try to make us aware of these opportunities. Yeah, you talked about that. Well, a lot of you used to talk about that. Yeah, and and you know, and if you're saying, what would a person do with a million dollars and all that? I mean, we have money right now in Dallas, but we don't support our businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking for reasons not to support our businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, and and what we if we start supporting our business, just like other races support their businesses, you know. Right. Uh, but you you see us at Big T and and, and these other places in line trying to buy jewelry fake jewelry and stuff, you know, so we, we got to change our whole mindset on what you need to do with money and how you make money grow. And, and we don't, you know, it's like, I got this money, I need to go spend it. I need to spend it. I got it right now. Let me go talk. Uh, that money is too hot to keep in your pocket, you know that. Burn your pocket books and pockets up. Wallet. Yeah. yeah. yeah I got to go spend it. Mm-hmm. It's like, like money is something that we don't supposed to have, and then really they don't want us to have no money, really. Well, that's conditioning. That's conditioning. We've been conditioned to think that way. But when I look at it, and I think I read these things all the time, we control billions and billions of dollars. Black people in America, really, on world standards, we're rich. We're super rich. But right. it's not how much you got, it's what you do with what you got. Right, right, right. And, and that, that's a problem. But if we keep it among ourselves, even though you're silly and may take it and mess it up, if you, if you spend your money among yourselves, you still have a good shot of going back and get that money. Oh, yeah. When somebody like you got it, you have a chance to go back and get it when we're just going to keep it among ourselves. Right, and you're creating opportunities for us. Right. You know, you know but hey, but somehow, by our lack of knowledge and understanding of economics, uh, and then they've never wanted us to know about what do you do with money and how you make money work for you. You know, and, and, and so... It, 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 it's our fault because if, 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 if you create businesses and businesses continue to grow and, and you create jobs and opportunities in your community, then your community will grow. But, well, Robert, uh, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Tell the people how much money you started your business with. And today... $3,100. people. And today, you are a very well-off man. Very well. You, 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 you well-off, don't deny it. But you started with three $100 bills. But, but I, couldn't, I couldn't throw my money away, Brett. It's, it's like 
my money had to have little children and continue to grow, you know, and then God put me in South Dallas, one of the toughest parts of the city. Mm -hmm. But it it was just not the $300. I had to persevere. Because, see, while I was there, you know, my business was burglarized more than 50 times. My car was was vandalized more than 250 times. You know, they, they I go turn my lights on, and, and, and they didn't took the copper out of my building two times. You know, I, one day I left my lot, and I'm struggling. Really, I couldn't afford to put gas in 11 cars. So I got a five-gallon gas can. I said, well, look, what I do is the car run out of gas. I, got, I have gas here, and I put some gas in it and crank it up, and, and you know, car sold. But I, I left one evening. I had 11 cars on my lot. I got there the next morning. They stole all 11 of my cars, Reverend. Now, the only good thing about that deal was that 10 of the cars run out of gas around the corner. Uh, uh, so, uh, so after, by not having gas, it saved your, saved your business, did <laughs> Right, right. And, yeah. and, and, but now, and then I say, well, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to me a guard dog. I go down and the that next morning and they done stole my guard dog. <laughs> so, you know, now, how many people would have stayed there from all of that? Most well, you, you face you face right. adversity head on and you won. Right. Right. But that was unnecessary, but it was more of a test from God to give me that strength and knowledge that I needed to be able to survive. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, it's gonna, it was going to be continue to be tough down the road. And it made me tougher, mm-hmm. you know. But but that's that's a disadvantage. Like I had one of the wealthy white men of uh, of Dallas say, "Robert, I don't know no white man that could have if you gave three hundred thousand dollars to the store that would have been able to survive on that cone." Mm-hmm. You know, you did. But, but but we got to, you know. But we have Reverend. We we have young men that could be successful businessmen. But they get into, okay, well, they go seven dope, and then they end up in prison. But see, if you go into a legitimate business, they can't put you in jail. But now, Robert, let's, let's give somebody credit. Let's give somebody credit. Uh, how much did a good woman help you? Well, you can't, you having support from a person that's with you Mm-hmm. that could be better than them, but they would never pick up a tennis racket. 
we got to give these young people opportunities. Yep. To, 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 and, and, but we got to expose them to it. Yep. You know, you got, you got, you some of your listening audience. They have grandkids out there. All they need to do is, is teach them, take them over there to see the press, and, and let them start taking golf lessons and mm-hmm. get them out of that environment, change their lives. See what I did? I took all them little kids from around my office that was living in the crack house and everywhere. I take them to the ranch every Saturday. And, yeah. and now, some of them end up in prison, but the majority of them have made some out of themselves. Managing Walgreens, you understand? Uh, uh, managing Warehouse for Coca-Cola. And, and, and these kids were destined to go to the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so we yeah. got to, we, we got to, that's so wonderful. I tell you what, I'm just about out of time, Robert. I have to have you on. Uh, and uh, thank you. Thank you for your call. Try to get a couple more calls in, and we got to go. Call me one day when we could get together and talk and, 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 and some things. Cause, cause, okay. You know, you and I have always been able to work and make things happen. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, let's try to get a couple of calls on right quick, uh, Pierre. Yeah, uh, we have uh, Nelada on uh, line four. Nelada. Nelada? Yes. All right. Good morning. Hello. You're on air. Hello? Nanetta. Manetta? Yeah, Nanetta. Okay. You're on air. Um, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Well, I haven't made it yet, so but I, I thank right. God for all this time up. Even if I'm a minute short, I thank him for all this. Amen. Um, that's what I was calling you. That's what you started out in conversation with. What, what year was your best year? Mm-hmm. I think my best year was uh, 2020. Or like 2019 when my all my kids came home for are the you, holiday. Are your kids did what? They came home for the holiday and we were dancing. Isn't that wonderful? That's that's a good Christmas day, isn't it? The best, right? Your kids, all of them came home for Christmas. All four, which is very hard <laughs> to get done. If They've only done it a few times, so that was the best one. Uh, they bring it, did they bring their kids? They don't have any kids. They're the, waiting to get married. So. Oh, okay. They're uh, waiting to get married. Yeah. Yeah, okay. They're older 27, so I'm, so I'm waiting. Everybody else got kids, but I'm glad they're doing it right. Okay, okay great, great. That's a wonderful the Christmas of, uh, you said, what, 2019 or 2020? What year was that? 2019. Oh, did you mark that down, always. That was a great Christmas. Let your kids know. I wish, yeah, I wish that for everybody. You know, just pure family values, good values, uh, quality time, all the time. Time. <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. You, you can't beat it when... Your kids are there, and grandkids can't beat that. Oh, I'm that's waiting. wonderful. You, it'll, it'll happen for you. It will. Okay? I'll be praying that it happen for you. Thank uh, you. Thank you. All right. Rush, happy Kwanzaa, too. Happy Kwanzaa to you. Amen. All right. 
All right. Get one more. All right. I got to go. I can't hold this about a minute. Um, we have uh, James All right. on the line to you. <clears throat> Good morning, James. Good morning, James in Palestine. For the sake of time, Reverend Monet, I appreciate all you're doing. Happy New Year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I did so with what Robert said and what Mrs. Arnold, Mrs. Foreman, mm -hmm. Reverend Wright, and he might be saying maybe in 2023 we can get a nucleus together. Yeah. To, to work together. The other thing is Reverend Monet on, uh, in November... They had a House Bill 368, House Bill 368, and here's what it says right quick. Requires the State Board of Education to establish an African-American Studies Advisory Board. We might want to look into that. HB 368, and I'll make room for somebody else. God bless and keep you with us again. I thank you so much for that information. Yes, thank you very much. Yes, we got to get out of here. We got to run. And uh, y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. Go by and see Dr. Edwards at, at Marcellus and Ann Arbor at, at the Emergency Health Clinic. He's there with his office of wonderful, beautiful place and where you get great medical care. Bye-bye.